Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Beats Spurgeon, winds, fires, scores! Polito wheels and fires, they score! Dewar fires, scores! An old school beatdown of and, a team that went to the Stanley Cup final last year, right? I mean, it's not fights. really the same team. But. It was a feisty game filled with animosity and eight goals. It was it was like Flyers North Stars at the Met. I love when a team gets its ass kicked thoroughly and then like they can't respond by like keeping the game close, and so they respond by getting mad. Bah. We're gonna get well, we mad. Had a, we had a bit of a dirty hit though by our by our guy Spurgey, so uh, that was probably something that ticked off. Uh, whatever. Oh, 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 the flag! Oh, the flag! Oh. <laughs> lot of flags. Yes, Mackie and hey. Judd, the hockey whisperer. You guys sent a bat signal flare <laughs> out to the hockey whisperer last night. You guys did a live Judd's hockey show, which people can find too. On uh, Score North YouTube channel, Mackie and Judd podcast. We'll get to who gets it, who doesn't on the show today. But you asked for some Hockey Whisperer observations, and he will deliver five of them for you. That's right. Cue the Hockey Whisperer's music. I love this NHL TNT bit. This is great. The TNT and NHL, bravo. Bravo. They've done a great job. Good job. They've ESPN, kinda, I mean, not they, so much. Yeah, they kind of they're they're kind of crushing ESPN, right? Yeah. They, the yeah. thing is, like, I feel like Kill TNT them. and Turner know they know how to make sports fun yes. and yes. You know, I don't know. Like ESPN's all about the studio and we're gonna wear ties and break the game down. It's like no, or just have fun. No, TNT has fun. TNT makes everything it does feel big. Yeah, which is brilliant. Now, in fairness, like they're only doing like. Correct. A very limited amount of games, and they can pour all their energy into it. And ESPN's like, okay, we have 73 college yeah. basketball games to yeah. produce this week. That's exactly what I, <laughs> I agree with that completely. I think that's the issue. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for those of you new to the show, the Hockey Whisperer rose to prominence several years ago by correctly predicting a double overtime Nino Niederreiter series-ending goal in Game 7 against the Colorado Avalanche. Whisperer was younger back then. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's been all, all downhill from there for the Whisperer. But he has five observations and thoughts, if you will, mm-hmm. and he would like to run them by you guys, Judd's Hockey Show, and see what you, what you think, all right? Let's start with the first one. The Hockey Whisperer isn't as impressed as you guys are because the Hockey Whisperer expects this collection to dominate weak opponents like Montreal, which is a shell of itself compared to last year. And so that was a fun win last night, but that's exactly what you should do to a weak opponent at home like Montreal. So I don't know. He's He had fun watching the game, but he wasn't like... Maybe as impressed as you guys are. That's a, that's a weak opponent that was asking to get his ass kicked, and, and what happened last night is what should have happened. But Whisperer, I beg of you to to recall wild teams of of past vintage, which would take a game like that, and I either they would give up that first goal and then start to crumble, and they might win, but it would be four to three, and oh, we just escaped, but we're a good team, or they would just flat out lose. So, so I agree completely. They are taking care of the business that they should. But I think Sportsun would agree also with what we've seen from this team previously. I appreciate the eight mm-hmm. gold drubbing. That's my. That's the difference in my opinion. Yeah, you should just absolutely beat up on those teams. The, the, the Blackhawks are a bad team. Montreal is an exceptionally bad team. You should absolutely kick their butts. And and hey, Montreal scored on the first shot of the game and make it one nothing. Ninety seconds into into the affair yesterday. So it could have been a classic old-school wild snowball effect. Oh, here we go. We're playing a goalie who has like four starts to his name. The Montreal has eight wins on the season, and we're going to fall into a trap game at home. No, 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 no. The burners were still on. They get eight goals. The fourth line explodes for a couple goals. It's a very impressive win. Kick those teams' ass, basically, is the best way to put that. You should do that. In terms of goal differential this season, through roughly 40 games, there is a near 100 goal difference between Montreal and the Wild. The Wild are a plus 34 on the season, and Montreal is now a minus 64. So, all right, let's get to the to the more fun observations here. Observation number two. To win Stanley Cups, not only do you need superstars playing at their top level, we'll get to Kirill Kaprizov, you need goaltending, uh, those are great things. You need those things. But you, maybe even more than the other things, you need role players to have career seasons. Ryan Hartman. I would even say Matt Zuccarello, who's in role player mode with the Wild the last few years. Uh, he's on pace for the second most goals and points of his career. Maybe even flirting with career highs in those categories. But the number one player on this list in terms of role players having career seasons has to be Marcus Foligno who has already surpassed his career high in goals by, like, four goals. And I think Declan's going to tell the Hockey Whisperer that uh, regression to the mean is in order, but he leads the NHL with a 30% shooting percentage so far this season. So whether it's luck or whether he's elevated his game for a minute here, Marcus Foligno, as a role player, having a career season is a great sign. Stars aligning for the Wild to go deep in the playoffs. It honestly makes... No lick of sense. Statistically, what he's been able to do over his last 77 regular season games, so going back even to last year, Marcus Foligno came into last night with 95 shots on goal. He has, 
28 goals on the season. So he is converting 29.4% of his shots into goals almost over a course of an 82-game season sample size, which is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Um, But he's also a guy who positions himself in situations to get dirty, greasy goals. I, I don't expect him to keep up that number for a long period of time. But I'll eat my words, man. He, he just finds ways to f- put the puck in the back of the net, and you got to applaud it. Good for Marcus Foligno. So I'm going to take this to an, an unquantifiable place of, um, of the ether of sports, and it's this. There's a sign in the um, among the, the sayings um, posted in the Twins Clubhouse at Target Field is an old, I believe, Tom Kelly one that says, everybody grab an oar today or something like that. Um. In seasons that end up being special, you need people who ordinarily don't do things to get a sense of, I can do that. Yes. And and this feels like, it, and it can't just be like one guy, like, oh, this guy, a career year, and everybody else is okay. Um, it's, it's almost a feeling that permeates a locker room and team. I saw it in, I, I think it was especially true in the 87 Twins. Because um, that was not a great team. But there were guys that just started to sort of catch on, and, and they knew what their role was, and then they thrived more than their role called for. This feels like that because it's so widespread. And and I know it's a tired subject to a certain degree, Whisperer, but this is why Ryan Suter was bought out too. The feeling of this team now, and I mean, they, are, they were, Dex saw this, they were talking about this again last night how different this feels and and how this team goes into every game basically with the mantra of we're going to win tonight which which Sturm said in his post game we sure as hell didn't do previously so i don't think it's just this also weird thing of man they're all popping up i think people are popping up and having career years for a reason um and i think that there's a feeling of togetherness and in sports this is exactly exactly to a man what the 2021 Vikings didn't have. Yeah, it felt like just it felt like a, a collection of individuals. Mm-hmm. Correct. No but, no chemistry and the, they the, the coach and the quarterback hated each other. Yes. Yeah. This is a this is a from the top on down. This is everybody is on the same page. And that's why I think people who are ordinarily probably good but not great are thriving. Yeah, no, that's uh that's fair. So even if even if statistically it's not possible to sustain a 30% shooting percentage, which, again, leads the NHL, um, I think just the idea of him elevating because of all the things that Judd said makes sense. You know, the Hockey Whisperer's takes aren't free around here, and so he wants to tell you about the 2022 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, okay, (laughs) which returns to the Minneapolis Convention Center on Friday, February 18th through Sunday, February 20th. Tickets are on sale for just $12. In compliments of TwinCitiesGolf.com, each ticket includes 10 free greens fee passes. You know, hockey players are generally pretty good golfers, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Oh, it's something about the swing motion, right. know, free time in the offseason. I don't know. Uh, you also get three bonus passes if you purchase online. Find all the details at MinnesotaGolfShow.com, presented by Choice Bank. Observation number three. As productive as he was last season, and even though he got off to a slow start this season, Kirill Kaprizov is a more productive and better player now than he was a year ago. 
which shouldn't be shocking. Like, he's emerging into his physical and hockey prime. But the way that he has bounced back from a really slow first, like, 8 to 10 games has been incredible. And it's not just because he's not even leading the team in goals, but it's the way that he facilitates, opens things up for teammates, the attention that opposing teams have to pay to him, freeing up other players. And so Kirill Kaprizov is a better and more productive player now than he was a year ago. Your thoughts? I think that's a thousand percent right. And he's more confident. Um, he, he was confident last year. I feel like it's gone up a tick or three. I mean, he made, and granted, uh, Montreal's not good, but he made two plays last night, at least two plays, that were unbleeping believable. The, the man circled the net three times before I believe he he set up Dumba for okay. a shot. There was a great opportunity from the slide, but he literally went around the net, and I think he did that last year against the team as well. But it's incredible to watch. And then he almost scored a between-the-legs goal Ugh. on a puck out front that he, that he basically had the goaltender down and out, and he put it over the net. But if, this, if he scores that goal, Whisperer, it is on every highlight reel for the next year. It was phenomenal. So, yeah, I think that that is uh, a fair assessment. And I also think that his confidence um, goes beyond his play. I think his confidence also is even more obvious within the entire team. So, like, he's trending more towards not being captain, but he's definitely trending more towards other player. He his confidence is rubbing off, and and his he's got an air about him that is, I think, so positive too. Just to touch on how excited Judd was when Kaprizov almost scored that goal yesterday between his legs. I've sat next to Judd at hockey games and football games the last few years. Judd was the most excited I've ever seen him in a press box setting in my life. He threw his hands up and went like, I oh my I gosh. I, I couldn't believe how excited Judd was. It was almost, <laughs> it would have been the goal of the year. It easily would have been the goal of the year and been on every top 10 what we're looking at today if he had pulled it off. Um, but Kirill... To Judd's point about his confidence, I think, rubbing off on people, there is a different vibe with this wild group, too, that I think is contagious. You see it with Kirill, Fiala, Dumba. There is a different vibe about them that is that it's not just, oh, we're happy to be here and let's work hard and have fun and we're a team and we're about us, it's hockey, blah, blah, other cliches. No, there is a definite confidence and swagger, I think, about the wild, and that starts with Kirill. It starts with Dumba calling him Dalla Dalla Bill Kirill and them embracing it, the fans loving him every time he's on the ice. But just the things he's doing, when you watch him, you know he's a special player, but his statistics back it up, too. He shoots the puck a ton. He's averaging three and a half shots per game. And his shooting percentage, we talk about Marcus Foligno not being sustainable, Kaprizov shooting percentage is 12.5%. So meaning he's putting a lot of shots on, but he's converting them at a rate that is sustainable. It isn't just him being on a hot streak. And when he got off to a slow start, we said, well, there's something that has to be woken up here. Because he's a superstar player, and you can't afford for someone like Kaprizov to go through an extended season of a slump like that. With Fiala, you can do a degree. But with Kaprizov, you need your superstar to be performing, and he's been doing that. He's been even better than last season. By the way, he's, he's basically putting up the same offensive numbers as Connor McDavid this season. Yeah. Where would you guys, like in the sort of pecking order of NHL player superiority right now, where do you think he sits? Like, like he, is he a top yeah, ten player? Is he is he 
Is he top five? I think he's out. I think he's just outside the top ten, realistically, probably. Yeah. But there's plenty of room to, to move yeah. in. I, I mean, McDavid, for as bad as as his team has played of late, McDavid is probably right now, as far as hockey players in the world go, the gold standard. Mm-hmm. So, like, and, and I'm talking the world. He is unbelievable. Um, so he's one for sure. I, I think Kaprizov is probably just outside the top 10, but he's knocking on that door. And unlike certain quarterbacks in this town, I think he's going to knock the door down and get into that top 10. <laughs> yeah, fairly see, yeah. You always have to make Why do I have Kirk to do Cousins? that? Why, where, where did that come from? Maybe you can go a day without tweeting about <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Please. Where did that okay. come from? Yeah. Show some maturity. I'd like to apologize to <laughs> you're all. Upsetting your, you're upsetting your peers who uh, cover you and watch you and tweet at you. You're upsetting your peers. Your peers are to calling all, you out. To all the crusade, um, those people aren't my peers. Oh, interesting. Got it. I wasn't sure. I, I think it's fun what they sure. do, and it's very nice. They're not my peers. Yeah. No. I yeah. Do. No. I. Yeah. No. But you let's know what? Get, Keep doing what you do. Let's get to observation number four here. All right. And the observation is more of a. It's less of an observation and it's more inspiration. Whisper brings it all. It's time. It's time. Since the North Stars left for Dallas in 1993, right? Mm-hmm. 1992, like 30 years ago, basically. 25 different teams have played in the Stanley Cup final. 25. Oh, so, like, course, almost research the department was at work. On the West Coast, 25, 25 different. Yeah, well, the Whisper actually, his research department is through Fiverr.com, and uh, they're all overseas. They work while he sleeps. Is how. <laughs> well, you outsource yeah. Whisper. <laughs> I hope you pay them. Um, uh, he, yeah, he does. He pays them in, uh, in Surly's. So 25 different teams have made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. 15 have won the Cup since the North Stars moved to Dallas, okay? And so it's time. It's time to make a run to at least the conference finals, knock on the door. Let's let's get to the cup finals here, okay? I know that Colorado is going to be tough to go through in a in a seven-game series and there's some other teams in, in the Western Conference too, but like it's just like the the fact that <laughs> the fact that you have San Jose popping up randomly and going to a cup final and Vegas 5 minutes into their existence going to a cup final, right? You know, it's just like if Carolina can randomly do it mm-hmm. and Edmonton can get there as a, what, an eight seed or a seven seed 15 years Montreal ago. like got there last one, year. Same thing. Right. Well, Montreal won one, too, in the mid-90s. Right. So, like, one time, state of hockey, yep. you got this loaded roster, you got Kirill Kaprizov, you got depth. Yep. Let's make it happen here. And also, I think that the good thing is that this team is built – right now with the salary cap held that they're going to be in the next three seasons after this one. This team is built for this right now as well. Like, I think that they are going to embrace this. Um, there seems to be, and I know this is going to sound condescending and weird, but it's true. There seems to be a level of common sense with how things are run with the wild right now. That is staggering. I feel like we don't see this enough i feel like opportunities and i might be wrong but i feel like opportunities here are going to be embraced which i mean you know let's go back to 2019 twins right embrace the opportunity you got to do something uh sam dyson's gonna help us out and we're like that doesn't make sense i feel like this is going to be a team that's going to do things and has done things that make sense that acknowledge not a window but the predicament that they're currently in so they have they have the trade deadline was 
it's pushed back into March, right? 21st. Like, correct. So they, okay. So they Monday have the 21st. two months to sort of survey yep. the landscape. When do you think – I mean, are they going to wait until close to the deadline, or do you think they make a move of some kind early? It Two, two different ways to look at this. Uh, if they're going to make an impactful forward trade, I think they'll wait. They'll kind of wait closer to that deadline. Frank Cervelli yesterday um, tweeted out that JT Miller is still on the Wild's radar, who is um, an alternate captain with Vancouver and, and a very good player that could help the Wild. The other conundrum in the short term they have to figure out is their goalie situation. So Capo Kakinen has been great. He's been playing admirably. He's he's actually, I think, taken a step forward in his development. Cam Talbot plays yesterday for the first time in nearly a month and gets pulled after two periods because two reasons. The Wild were up so big, and also Dean said at postgame he did re-aggravate something. He could have went, he could have played the third period, but they decided not to. If there's something serious, and I think there is something lingering here with Cam Talbot, injury-wise, not even just his play, injury-wise, they, they literally have to go get a goaltender. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if Talbot's injury forces their hand to make a move in the short term because you, you really can't run Capo Kakinen out there for every single start like they did with Devin Dubnik five, six years ago when they first acquired him. And with the NHL not reporting to the Olympics, you're basically playing almost every other day in February and for the rest of the season. So just from a math perspective and not getting burnt out, you, you cannot play Capo Kakinen that much. And you can't throw in Adam Hadman, who is the Hamburglar, who has been playing well in Iowa, but hasn't played meaningful goaltender minutes in the NHL in like six years. So you have to go get, I think, a goalie in the short term. But to get an impactful center in the long term, I think they'll probably wait and see and play that out. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. All right. And then observation number five here, there's really nothing to disprove. It's it's more of a fact than a subjective observation here. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible to beat the Wild inside the XL Energy Center this season. They are 14-3-1, the second-best record in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And... If they can somehow secure a round or two of home ice advantage, maybe get a game seven inside your own arena. You know, I, I think the fact that they're that good at home and they have a chance based on where they are in the standings to play a couple, maybe, you know, maybe the first two rounds and get home ice advantage, that might matter. It might matter. The, the, like a game seven home versus away, that, you know, that could matter. Mm-hmm. So I guess he'll turn around. Why is I mean their team is better this year, but uh, is it just that you know some of these fan bases aren't showing up during the pandemic and it's just a little little louder in that arena? They're third in attendance, uh, like per game. By the way, you are the greatest hockey fans on the face of the earth. You're third. <laughs> so in great that we retired. That we retired the jersey uh, before the first game twenty years ago. Oh my god! And whisper, <laughs> I don't mean to correct you, but one of those de- defeats, the Winter Classic at Target Field. They've only lost two games. Yeah, that's at, kind of the ultimate the home advantage, right? Like, you get to play in Minnesota outside. It's Target Field. Cursed with for big games. <laughs> that's a good point. Any that's big a, game played yes, there, was, the was, Minnesota team was Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit was on the third line <sighs> for the for Oh, the it was some slappy Astros relief pitcher <laughs> shutting them down. What? Who needs Andy Pettit? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think it's basically, I think it more than the crowd, which I'm sure helps. I think it comes down to what Sturm said last night, which is this team, more often than not, comes to every game prepared to play. And and there's a lot of teams that don't. And there was, I think, an extended period of time where the Wild was guilty Wild. of not coming to play. 
Um, and, and I think your your starting mindset has to be, you know what? Montreal might be crappy, but they're our opponent. Not, oh, if we play the abs. I mean, the, the cliche, and it's a 1,000% true, and it, it, it permeates sports, is, is this. Certain teams who can be pretty good teams play up or down to their opponent, right? So, like, if they're playing a good team, oh, my God, they're good. They're exchanging punches with them. This is a great game. But if they play a bad team, it's like, what happened here? And and it's a, it's a mindset that a team has of, well, I mean, Montreal stinks. We're going to win by six. And, and, you know, you lose by two. So I honestly think the biggest thing and the difference between a couple of years back when I think that at home the Wild was average to bad, uh, the difference is this. I think it's the mindset going into games, and, and there is no opponent I see on a consistent basis that they dismiss. Can't see the losses on the schedule, can you? Can't see those losses for the Minnesota Wild right now. Um, the the funny part is is you know th- there's always this home ice advantage and 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 fans have always kind of crutched to that and yeah we're the state of hockey and and that means a lot but with the way the playoffs are now set up where you have to basically run through your division to get through the Western Conference Finals because that's how the how the NHL playoffs are set up you basically need to get a home ice advantage in that first round. Because I think if they get Nashville or St. Louis in the first round, I, I trust the Wild win that series. Now, can you win a seven best of seven with Colorado having the home ice barn in the semifinals? That'll be a tough test. Let's not get too too far ahead of ourselves. But if they got the Blues or the Predators in that first round series in the Central Division, I feel pretty confident the Wild can take that series. So if Colorado doesn't do something in goal, and if Darcy Kemper goes into a playoff series against this team as their primary goaltender, I like the Wilds' chances. I think Kemper's going to gag big time, and especially <laughs> against this team. Um, I think he'll get psyched out, and, and he is not – the for the Avs to put their stock in Kemper, I think is ridiculous. Um, that's a great team. And, and to have, I mean, he's not bad, but he thrived with the Coyotes. How many There's like no reliable in Arizona? How many truly reliable goalies are there in the NHL right now? Um, reliable? There's probably quite a few reliable. Reliable, ones. like 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 I should say, like guys that you would you know like like if I could use a you know a cross sport comparison. Sure. There's probably like eight to ten quarterbacks that I would trust leading my good roster in a playoff yeah. game. And then there's like six other ones, like Kirk Cousins. It's like okay, you now if right. things go right, but, you know. But Darcy is, but Darcy is Kirk, mentally very weak, and that's the problem. So, so like I think Kemper's ability can can win games. I think he'll collapse. I think he'll turn into a puddle and melt right on that ice, and wow. that's a problem. Wow. Um, but uh, Phil, to go back to your point about a trade potentially for for a center at the deadline. Here's where that becomes important, and Dex and I did a deep dive on this last night on Judd's Hockey Show. That becomes important because if you plug in, if you get uh, a center and plug him in, because I don't think that 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 player would go between Kaprizov and, and Zuccarello. I think you would plug that guy in actually where Goudreau is between Fiala and Boldy. You now have two dangerous lines that can score consistently. And it's basically two top lines. Um, and what we saw the Golden Knights did was what? The Golden Knights basically said, Kirill Kaprizov and his line will not beat us. We are going to shut th- them down. And that's a plausible thing to say in a long series against one line. 
if you have two really good functioning lines, that becomes a far more difficult challenge because ordinarily teams have one line, like the Eck line is here, which is shut down line. So if the Wild goes out and gets a center and puts that player between Fiala and Boldy, and you now go six deep with scores, um, let's just say this. Pack a lunch! Pack get a the lunch! F- get the flag! Get the flag! Pack a lunch! Get the flag. I just realized I'm negative. I just realized that Declan spelled my name wrong on the screen. Hockey Whisperer. You're missing an E and an R on my name. Hockey there. Whisperer. Yeah, just the you're, Put the, some you're respect the on the, on the Hockey Whisperer's name. It's a whisper. It's a whisper. The hockey I'm Whisperer. I'm not in love with hockey. <laughs> don't forget it. It's just a silly face. The whisper's going through. I've got Kirill's picture right. on my wall. Oh, man, that's creepy. I, I love do, that song. I, I that's do, a great 10cc. 10cc. That's kind of borderline Yacht Rock, and the and the I Hockey Whisperer definitely dabbles in the Yacht Rock lifestyle. Oh, I think no it. socks. That's right. I think you're right. Yeah. I think there's a lot of... It's from that era. A lot of... Uh, a lot of yacht rock and hockey crossover vibes, I think. Loafers, no socks, you know, boat life in the off season. Boat shoes, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Boat shoes. Par- partying, partying, Part- you know, but partying responsibly, of course. Of course, yes. Uh, yeah, whatever. So there it is. There's the hockey whisper. Five observations, facts, great stuff. a Love research it. department. I don't know what more, what more you guys want. Put some respect on that name. That's right. Put some respect on Mackie and Judd here. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment Therapy speculation which i have for you guys who gets it who doesn't every tuesday here on the show and uh i'm gonna gonna start us off here i'm gonna mold a little little speculation a little of my own original reporting into a who gets it who doesn't come on mackie who are your sources why don't you just tell us right away who are your sources sources yeah okay put a name on it all right so who gets it? Ryan Poles, who the Vikings have as one of their two finalists for general manager from the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to read you part of a note that I received while digging this weekend from somebody who would know. Ryan Poles wants to be a Viking. The Vikings want him. And then it was, ins- I'm not going to read verbatim the rest of this, but like it was insinuated to me that he's taking the Bears finalist interview to drive his value up with the Vikings to some extent. That uh, maybe absence will make the heart grow a little fonder for the Wilves when they see polls, uh, you know, sending out some Instagram stories from uh, Harry Carey's Steakhouse downtown Chicago. I don't know. Maybe they're at Gino Z's Pizza eating some deep dish talking about Justin Fields, and maybe the Vikings up their offer. But I'm told that Poles likes the Vikings' job better than the Bears' job, and the Vikings really like Ryan Poles. He's one of two finalists, Adolfa Mensa being the other one. And um, if that's the case, I think a deal probably gets done. I'm, you know, the, Could the Bears wow him, and, and could the Bears offer him more money or a better deal of some kind, and that sways things? Yes. But it seems like Ryan Poles is the guy for the Vikings. We'll see what happens over the next forty-eight hours. Interesting original reporting. So you're so you're basically saying the Vikings would probably only lose out on Poles if the Bears just flat out outbid the Vikings. 
I think so. I unless you know there's some sort of football related epiphany, but and and, and th- I'm not reporting this next part, but I think part of this is polls looks at the disaster zone of Chicago and all the firings and coaches and GMs and like every quarterback that they draft kind of just turns into nothing, and the ownership is weird. Bill Polian's running the search. Like, the whole thing is just weird compared to the Vikings. And the Vikings have their issues, too, but right. it just feels like a more stable situation with the Vikings. The Bears want, the Bears feel far more institutionally dysfunctional, I think. Yeah. Like, the Vikings have problems, but I don't feel like they're institutionally dysfunctional right now. And I feel like the Bears, the Bears are and have been. I, it feels to me like, like the Vikings had problems in, in the past. That they slowly but surely cleaned up, right? To a point now where I think that they they are as a franchise in pretty good shape. The Bears, there's always the McCaskey thing in that press conference he did, which was just a disaster. He's a crypt keeper, man. Like, yeah, and I mean, it, look, it's a great it's a great heritage franchise. But if I was Poles' age and had my choice, unless I thought Justin Fields was the second coming of. Brady or something, which I don't think. I wouldn't want that job. Unless you really like living in Chicago. And it is a cool city. Minneapolis is a cool you know city, what? too, though. If I make Sales e- tax. E- enough, I can fly to Chicago. Yeah, take a trip. <laughs> when I want in the sea- in, in the summertime and uh, yep. go to Cubs games or something. So I think I, the way I would sum this up is I think Ryan Poles is the odds-on favorite to become the next Vikings general manager. Still some hurdles to cross here the next 48 hours. We'll see how the meeting goes in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And if they try to kidnap him and hold him captive your, in the back of Lou Malnati's. Who are your we'll sources, Mackie? Tell us your sources. Oh. You're just making it up, you cousins just hater. Go find Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> All right. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. No, yeah, let, no, no, no. Let's not. Let's not. The people don't deserve oh, that. Our God. people Our people are smart, okay? Let's not Let's not bring those morons into to this just because they don't get sports. Um, who gets it? The National Football League. Congratulations again. Everything you turn or you touch turns to gold. The latest example, the playoffs on Sunday, phenomenal, right? Saturday. But but yet your off-season speculation has started. And within that, we now have a competition and a head-to-head between two division rivals for a GM job that's captivating. Yeah. Everything you do, everything like the Dude, twins. The, were I, the certain, off season right? is just as exciting as the season but, in some ways. But like the twins went, and it's like, okay, they might hire this guy, and it's like, okay, cool, whatever, you know. I, and it just sort of came and went. Press conference. The, this Ryan Poles thing has turned. Yeah. Three weeks ago, if you had said Ryan Poles, your thoughts, I would have said, tell me who he is, and then I will give you my thoughts. And now it's like, can they get Ryan Poles? It's I just know. everything they do works. And, Dude, and yesterday, I, it. I really do. Bob Nightingale from the USA Today, he's a, he's a baseball columnist. And he tweets, this is like yesterday morning, progress. The last time Major League Baseball and the Players Association met face-to-face in Texas, the meeting lasted seven minutes. But today's session between the players and the owners was about two hours. Meanwhile, the NFL has like 30 million people watching Niners Packers, the most watched weekend show on Fox since the 1994 Lilyhammer Olympics. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. Are you yes. serious? Just oh my ridiculous. God. I mean, 
Right. Um, I might have got the network screwed up there, but yes, there, it was a record amount of people watching yeah, football still. on Saturday night. Wow. And you know, you compare it to like baseball, and, and <laughs> basketball's ratings have slipped. I mean, the NFL mm-hmm. is just on fire right now, and this is going to be one of the most fun two or three month, actually probably five month off season stretches because the draft is in May, right? It's like we're not we're we're on on Purple Daily and like we're we're gonna have things to talk about for five months and then all of a sudden like mini camp, all the stuff that's gonna lead into the season next year. It's gonna be a blast. I love the uh, Bob Bob Nightingale note about how the NFC Championship game is you know San Fran and L A again, just like MLB playoffs between the Dodgers and the Giants. No, yeah, just like just that, like actually. the MLB playoffs. Did he really just say that? Like, yes, he did. Oh, he compared it saying just like the, there's nothing oh, better Bob. than the San Fran L A rivalry. Just like oh yeah, that's totally comparable right now to the yeah, situation. Except then you guy. look into the crowd and it's a bunch of a uh, bunch of old dudes named Larry who are yeah. watching one of the sports. And, <laughs> All yeah, due respect to old dudes named Larry. Like, yeah. you're welcome on this show. Absolutely. Or named Judd. Or Judd. Or yeah. Jeff, whatever you want to call it. Uh, all right. Why. I'll go with the who Come gets on. it. I saw this guy taking heat over the weekend, and I didn't really get it. You know, I don't really understand why he's getting so much heat. You know, he's, he's the limited owner of the Timberwolves. He's basically the owner of the Minnesota Twins. But uh, Alex Rodriguez was at the Packers game and docked out in some Packers gear and people chirping him, A-Rod's a Packer fan. Why doesn't he just move the damn team already if he's going to be a Packer fan? Well, my guy A-Rod joined uh, Bally Sports North on Sunday with fellow St. Cloud State graduate Katie Storm to explain himself. Let, let's let A-Rod explain himself before we jump to conclusions here, okay? Oh, God. Alex Rodriguez in the house tonight. Uh, you've had a busy 24 hours. Tonight, of course, you're in Target Center. Last night, you were watching playoff football, and you just told me Lambeau Field was a bucket list for you. How much fun was that? It was a bucket list, and uh, I've always wanted to go there. It's funny, my daughters called me and say, Dad, are you a Packers fan? I said, no, honey, I'm not a Packers fan, but I am a fan of Lambeau Field. I've always wanted to go there. And it was a terrific game, and Viking fans should be thrilled that the Packers lost. Yes, they most certainly were. And- Come on! <laughs> Come on! What are we chastising no. A-Rod for, no. man? No. He is no. genius, man. I love Come him on, so much. Dude. What a great, it's a great save. Dude, he was... Oh my, so I'm going to try and pull this up here. So Teflon. Everything is he so phony. A-Rod gets He was it. literally on camera. He thinks camera. we're stupid. He thinks we're stupid. He's a Packer fan. It's fine. Okay, this is for the for the YouTube audience, and I'm sorry. I can, it, it, I'm going to put this up to the yeah. screen here. No, but it showed it on the video, too. Okay, yeah, yeah he's yeah. literally sitting yeah. there in a Packer stocking cap, well, cheering with Packer fans. And he came Vikings in. fans, I was there for you, rooting the Packers <laughs> to a loss, undercover. I saw a tweet. He came, he came in, in like a dark blue stocking cap, and then they decked him out and quickly ran him a Packers stocking cap. But you know what? Okay. I mean, Who I don't ca- care. Like, I, 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 I'm going to defend him for a second. All right. He is the owner of the Timberwolves. Okay. And I get that, like, the Venn diagram of Timberwolves fans overlaps largely with the Venn diagram or with, you know, the uh, Vikings fans. Who freaking cares? Like, he's just. He's he has money. Mark Laurie is the real future owner of the Timberwolves. Alex is here with some couple checks. You know, he's gonna help with the player experience. He is who he is, whatever. Like we know who Alex Rodriguez is. He he and Kirk, in my opinion, Teflon wise and deflection wise, are so similar. But Alex is more like has a bigger personality and he's yeah. more he's more of a shark, really. But than bo- Kirk yeah, is. but they're both very weird people too. Oh yeah, they're they're odd. Like ducks, he's more of a shark, I, but they're, yeah, they're 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 big time to. Fight. I don't think you can put Kirk Cousins and Alex Rodriguez in this in the same sentence for for that. I, I think agree. they're completely different people. 
Don't insult Alex Rodriguez, yeah. one of the great players in baseball history and one of the great mm. businessmen of the mm-hmm. modern era, Con- by putting Kirk Cousins in the same Consistently sentence. trying to save your, your ass with comments that nobody buys. It's a similarity, boys. I bought that, absolutely. I think he was there doing the Lord's work as a Vikings yeah, fan. exactly. I think he's a big Vikings fan, and he had to put a Packer stocking cap on to blend in. All right, who gets it, who doesn't? First of all, Federated gets it. Mm-hmm. All right, Federated Mutual Insurance Company, been around for over 100 years, helping business owners. Uh, they're all about risk management and maximizing your business. So if you want a great offensive line or a, a great enforcer, I don't know, like pick your sports analogy, Federated's here to help out and to make sure that your business thrives. Federatedinsurance.com, and remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, they're also uh, they're, they're partners with the Timberwolves, so you'll see Federated's presence inside Target Center, which brings me to my next who gets it, who doesn't. Who doesn't get it? Vegas. Vegas mistakenly, and I think inexplicably, set the Timberwolves over under at 34.5 to begin the season. And this was after they watched the Wolves play, I think, above 500 for the last 20 games of last season when... Anthony Edwards was emerging, and D'Lo and Cat were both healthy. So you, you watch that trio with a new coach molding things on the fly, right? They played a month and a half above 500. And 34 and a half, that seems kind of low. They improved the roster, brought in Pat Beverly. They need to go just 12 and 24 the rest of the way to hit the over on the 34 and a half. If you were paying any attention like old Macadac was, or if you were just guzzling Wolves Kool-Aid, then you can laugh your way to the ticket counter, baby. You never accuse this too. Like, like you're always that they're right that they're that, that they're mm-hmm. on with their predictions. They were very wrong. And about Vegas this one, is though. this. Is, I think this is the first time since we started this show that you are pointing out an error. This was a way. first guess too. This yeah, was a that's first guess. Thirty four and a half saying, seemed like, criminally You're like they're incredible. They are. And, with, like they nailed the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I'm making my. Uh, so, First trip to Vegas in April. I'll, I'll put in a word for him. I'm excited to put some bets First down. Trip First trip Vegas. in April. Yeah, going down. Nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Are you going for uh, the Final Four? No. Uh, I, have, I have two friends from college who are turning 30 who have also never been to Vegas, and it's a whole group of us going. But, like, what dates are you going to be there? They're like, the 20, April 22nd to the 24th, I believe, just what? Friday to Sunday. I leave Friday, come back Sunday. There might be no sports going on. There will be no sports yeah. happening. It's actually, actually like sports playoffs. wise, it's not the best weekend to be there because yeah, by that time yeah, March NBA Madness is NHL over. Playoffs. But like I could, yeah, I could definitely start making like playoff prop bets and stuff. Future, yeah, shall be wrapping up. So we'll and I think happens. the Vikings. So when when I was there in May a few years back, I want to say that by that point in time in May, they, they had all the all the season long football stuff up for, for like wins and things like oh, yeah. that. Yeah, and so so like. Because free, free agency will already have happened. So you'll yeah, be able to bet put futures bets on the mm-hmm. Vikings. Yeah, the NFC North, by that point, I think the NFC North winner will be like a seven and a half over under. <laughs> Incredible. First first one to eight. Yep. So yeah, Vegas. You know, usually, you know, they don't build those big casino hotels, you know, billions of dollars. You know, that, that money doesn't just come out of thin air. They're mostly right, but thirty four and a half. Come on, guys. Mm. Who doesn't get it? I'm going to tell you right now, and this is going to be for for Minnesota sports fans delicious, uh, for Wisconsin sports fans brutal. But who doesn't get it? Packer fans. Aaron Rodgers has become 
difficult. I understand that. Insufferable. And, and he's insufferable. And I understand that, that, that he's a guy who probably should have by now two or three Super Bowl titles. He has won. His playoff failures against San Fran are frustrating. I understand all that. But you folks have had 30 years of quarterback play from basically two guys. And and one is in Canton and one will be. And I know that right now in your heart, you feel like it's time for a separation. I'm tired of of, of this guy. He can I don't care what he does. Um, but here's what you don't get. You don't get the quarterback hell that you're about to enter almost certainly now. And look, we've been there. We've seen it. We've seen some good, but we've seen way more bad. Um, you are about to, and, and I do not think Jordan Love is going to be good. So it's going to be a problem. You are about to enter a period of time that I can't tell you potentially when it's going to end of watching guys who will have you begging for Favre throwing a stupid pass because he's brilliant, for for Rodgers being too conservative, or just an insufferable jerk. Um, You don't get what you're about to see, but when you see it, welcome to the club. The therapy lines are open in Minnesota. So I think Jordan Love is probably a bust too, but he was a first-round pick, very talented, and they haven't catered really anything to him over the last couple years. He's a totally different quarterback than Rodgers. And Rodgers is so high-maintenance in particular. You know, it's like, this is the way that we're going to run things. If they were to spend the entire offseason going into year three of Jordan Love, catering the offense to him, and they get back Tiari back at left tackle, what is the percent chance that they maybe didn't hit on another Hall of Famer, but, like, that they do have someone in waiting that's going to come in and just be a really good quarterback, and we've just written him off? Do you have any level of fear? That's going to happen. Um, He's played in one game. By, and, by and he looked good, bad. Right. By good, like, who who is the Vikings comparison to good? I mean, Kirk Cousins are better. Play? No, I don't think he's that good. No. I no, just think, I, like, we've, we haven't seen enough of him, and I think, yeah. you know, we're, we're all writing him right. off like, oh, he's right. terrible. But the, but the People odds, wrote Aaron Rodgers off in year two sitting behind yeah. Brett Favre, too. But the odds in life say this streak has to end at some point. It's been 30 years. It's been 30 years. I'm just I'm just saying it's very easy to grow frustrated by a great player who, who is a jerk um, until that great player is gone. And now it's and, – and that team, if you take Rodgers off that team this year during the regular season, they win, what, nine games, ten games, maybe? They don't win 13. You mean if Jordan Love starts the whole yeah. season? Yeah, if Jordan Love starts. Or just take, you know, or or just take a competent quarterback who's not, you know, who's not a future Hall of Fame player. How if many Kirk Cousins played Packers for the Packers, win? they would have won ten games. Yeah, ten games or so. And, and they won thirteen, good. right? Yeah. So I'm just saying, you don't get what you're about to enter, which is the quarterback hell zone. Yeah. Dax, who gets it, who doesn't? All right, I'll go with the who doesn't get it. I'm gonna go off the wall a little bit for this one. So I really want arenas to stop doing this. This this is universal across all sports. I hear this song everywhere. And Boston Red Sox fans, please don't chastise me. Can we stop playing Sweet Caroline at every damn arena, at every game? I'm so sick of Sweet Caroline. It was released- somewhere that that song tested well in a in a 
focus group at some point 30 years ago. It was released in 1969. Okay, yeah. that was, my, as I told my Matthew, that's 52 years ago. It was 52 years ago this song was released, and it's still sang everywhere. And I, like... The Red Sox brought back. I truly don't know if people really, like, my age know the song because of, like, sporting events. Like, do they know it because their parents played it? Maybe. But I, I'm so sick of hearing it everywhere. And I even have... I have a replacement because I think my oh, generation... Wow. I was going to ask, you better have a solution here. You can't yeah. just be pointing out the problem. I think because my generation would love this song. And this is biased because like it, it was popular when I was in, in middle school, high school, college. And I feel like it is our sweet Caroline because like when it comes on, when this song comes on, if you're in your 20s, you're a millennial or a Gen Z person, I think like you kind of gravitate towards this song and it gets you pumped up. And it's a good song to play during intermissions or halftime. Replace Sweet Caroline with Mr. Brightside by the Killers. Okay. I think I mean, that song is are 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 so are people under the age of 35 going to sing along to that song like people sing along to Sweet yes, Caroline? Yes. I do. Okay. I do. And there's even I think, I think um, people over the age of 50 are gonna, like Judd is, is just going to sort of stare off into the distance and, that's and not fine. know what's happening. To be honest, no, I want my, my young person. I feel like you're being kind of ageist right now. Yeah, yeah. My, not Chelsea's dagger. No one wants yeah, that. Nobody yes, wants that's that. That's what I want. No, no, yes, I do. It's okay. greatest you and, song. you and the North University of North Dakota and the Ralph Engelstead Arena can have that. Congratulations. Go to North hey, Dakota. I, it's called compromise. But I, I do think that one would work extremely well. And it, it, it gets people pumped up. It's a great song. I'm so sick of hearing Sweet Caroline and Neil Diamond everywhere I go. I just, I, Sweet, it, it, it plays everywhere. Sweet Caroline brought back by the Boston Red Sox at Fenway Park, 1997. That's oh, when wow. they brought it back. Okay. So, so it wasn't played at all from basically 69 to 96 in, at sporting events. The Red Sox started it and it's been adopted by a ton of people since. Here's a question. Right. Does, uh, it's Neil Diamond, right? Mm-hmm. Neil, Neil Diamond. Diamond. Yeah. So does Neil Diamond, bum, bum. the fact that, that song has become so popular for 81 home games inside that Red Sox in Fenway Park, does he get? He doesn't get anything for that, right? Because they're playing uh-huh. it inside of a stadium. Nope. And I believe after the after the marathon bombing, I think he came back and sang it personally. He did, yeah. Which was sort of cool, but no, I, I'm sure he gets nothing for it. And I think uh, I think the University of Michigan, the Big House, I think they play Mr. Brightside at halftime, or like I've seen TikToks of them like the stadium erupting at the Big House of them singing it, like they literally turned down the chorus. And the fans literally sing it back. So I, I, I think we replace it. I think I think people my age would gravitate towards that song. I'm looking out for people my age. I'm not looking out for the older generation. I'm being an age. Chelsea Dagger. Chelsea Dagger. No, no. I don't know why you're so anti-old people here. I yeah. I'm, I'm offering a solution, a middle ground. Chelsea that's Dagger. That's the Blackhawk song. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a great it, song. It's also, it's, that's a cult do, song. Do, like do, that, do, no, people do, don't really do, know that do. song. They just know that little boopity boop boop. You know what? Sweet Caroline, a lot of people back then... We're, we're young and like, what's this song? But then they grew to love it. Who sings? They grew to love Who it. sings Chelsea Dagger, Judd? Um, they, uh, I actually know this. Um, oh, what the <laughs> heck is the name? The Law Something. Um, <laughs> You're not even close. I know it, though. Who, who is it? No, no, no. Yeah, keep I going. Want to... um, I love this song. I love it. Bum, you want it? You don't even know who sings it. This is my point. Who cares who sings it? Uh, but I, I know Scot- the- it's a Scottish rock band. I can't remember. The Fratellis. The Fratellis. You knew that, though. Yes. You knew that. Yeah. The okay. Fratellis. All right. 
I listen to it. It's a great song. It's a great goal song. I love it as a goal song. I've replaced Sweet Caroline. Make it happen I, in arena staff, please. You're just mad because they did, did karaoke at the, what, between, uh, d- during the third period yeah. last night and played that song and people were happy and singing and you couldn't stand there. I will say that is one thing that, like, as a as a karaoke connoisseur myself. Yeah, big time. People are, people are too selfish. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's a who gets it, who doesn't. Who doesn't get it? People who show up to karaoke bars and pick songs to sing that they like. No, no, no. You're there to entertain it's, a yeah, bar audience. full of people. That's mm-hmm. a great point. You need mm-hmm. to pick a fun or corny song or a nostalgic <laughs> song that everyone else can get into. Like if what? You're singing some weird, depressing love song because, like, your wife yeah. left you. And plus, you're going to suck. Wearing your, like, sandals and white tube socks. Like, dude, go home. Go so do like that at your home. So, so, like, Phil, what are your top five go to? karaoke enjoyable oh, songs man. boy that's a i mean there's so many options there i think there's some that get like you got to be careful what you pick you know like if you're going to pick a journey song those notes get high man steve perry yeah, singing right yeah. like you don't want to butcher a classic song either right because but if suck. you can do like a little billy joel for the longest time like there's you know stuff that like people know i like it i'll get you that list at some point five okay great to- but not too cliche yeah, like your go, like like the go to that that will bring the house down. Because or that or that people like about. I'll tell you, the, uh, there's one that my my friend and I will bust out once in a while. It's a sometimes you have to be ironic too, right? You guys remember that weird uh, early '90s song, "More Than Words" by Extreme? Oh yeah, yeah. remember it. We'll bust out the high harmonies on that and you know bring the house. That's down. a hard. Yeah, that's, that's a, a tough Very one. hard. Song. It is tough. Yeah. How many times has has the ten twenty nine bar been entertained by by that rendition from Phil Mackey? Probably, uh, probably three times. Okay, all right. Uh, old Macadac, old Macadac did "Wanted" by "Wanted Dead or Alive" by Bon Jovi one time at ten twenty nine. Nice, got a, got a rousing ovation. That's a that's also that good. big. That, that's a good one. That takes too. the big cojones right mm-hmm. there. Uh, well, old Macadac, you, you do Bon Jovi. You got the big cojones. All right, guys, we gotta we gotta stop here before Judd sings more. All right, Mackie and Judd, see you guys. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to two hundred dollars off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread, and take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December twenty fifth. Visit onepeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.